Hi, this is Julie Newmore, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Many, many people, when they hear your name, immediately think of Catwoman. <laughs> Catwoman to me was really one of the best things I've ever done, because I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to think about, oh, how do you play a cat? I am a cat. <laughs> Therefore, you play the character as a cat. Ed Roberts, welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Earlier in the program, both Danelle Dadakin and Donna Allen talked about the ground that Eartha Kitt broke when she played the Catwoman on Batman. Kitt's daughter, Kit Shapiro also discussed that a few weeks ago when she appeared at the official unveiling of the Catwoman exhibit at the Hollywood Museum. We were in the audience that night, and we were able to bring some of the audio of Shapiro's comments to you as part of our program tonight. I have to say, in looking back, as we talked earlier about the, the, the female role models that are here in the museum, and Bionic Woman, and, the, and these women who were portrayed early on as, as women of important power who knew who they were, who had a goal, whether they be the heroine or the villain. And having grown up with this woman who embodied the feline qualities that she became known for and almost became synonymous with this character that she portrayed Catwoman, which she was only in a few episodes, which is just the irony of that is, is pretty amazing. It's interesting to see that all of the women that have come after not only my mother, but all the other women who are here in this museum, and the other women who, who started in Hollywood and in television, and who really stood their ground and fought for the roles and fought to be seen and to be heard. Now when my mother took on the role, you know, it was it was quite the the shocking moment because this was a woman of color who was dressed in this skin-tight, sexy outfit, who had this chemistry, this sexual chemistry with the white male lead. Now that was a huge risk that was taken by the network, by the producers, and by the cast as well. And I don't think people really, we don't think about it so much in this day and time, but certainly when I was a child when she played the role, that was a really big deal. It was a big deal for them to do. So I commend them all for having taken that risk and having stood that to the ground. Kit Shapiro, daughter of Eartha Kit, on the ground that her mother broke, both on Batman and on television in general, when she played the Catwoman on Batman in 19. 67. Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, Anne Hathaway, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Halle Berry were all honored by the Hollywood Museum with lifelike figures of them all in costume as Catwoman as part of the new Catwoman exhibit that is currently on display at the Hollywood Museum. For more information, thehollywoodmuseum.com, facebook.com forward slash thehollywoodmuseum. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are back with us for this week in TV history. Tony's segment as always brought to us by Story Salon, Southern California's longest running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble. Storysalon.com, facebook.com forward slash Story Salon. What do you have for us tonight? June 22nd, 2008. That was the day that stand-up comedian, writer, actor George Carlin died of heart failure at the age of 71. Who yeah. appeared on Ed Sullivan's show. Ed Sullivan's yes. show. Yep. And a very uh, different George Carlin back then, well, too. Yeah, he uh, was aesthetically speaking. Early, early 
early George Carlin where he appeared he wasn't he, he didn't have the long hair and the beard and the mm-hmm. hippy dippy you know persona mm-hmm. I mean he was clean cut suit and tied which is pretty much the way every comic performed yes. in the 60s yeah and he was partnered with Jack Burns for a while for a while I, I forgot yeah. about that right yeah he uh, so yeah so he was partnered uh, he did uh, radio stuff with Jack Burns and uh, influenced by Bob and Ray Yes, very much so, and I think uh, also he was influenced by Danny Kay. That was that was the person he wanted to grow up to be was Danny Kay. A very interesting uh, uh, departure from uh, what we would associate Danny Kay. Yeah. But uh, uh, George Carlin, I think, just had a wonderful. Uh, his his comedy was, you know, even his earlier stuff. I mean, just he had something to say. This is a person who really loved the use of words. And I'm not just talking about the seven words you well, can't no, and, say. And we, I know we've talked about this before, but the, but the, the seven words were not – it was not a purient type of routine. It was a commentary on language. Yes. And unfortunately, uh, with people like George Carlin and Lenny Bruce and Richard Pryor, there are going to be those that just inventory the words right. and report back. We still have them today. They do it with uh, – Everything from uh, Family Guy to John Stewart. They're just going to inventory the words and report back and say, this is bad because they said this word so many times. Right. And, and, and that's not the point. Uh, and George Carlin was, yeah, he was making comments on, on uh, how we use language, how language is manipulated. And how some of the words in certain contexts are perfectly fine. Yeah. It's how you use them. He, he played with uh, ethnic slurs and ultimately said the words are meaningless. It's the racist uh-huh, uh, that you got to worry about, right. which you know is is not only very true, right. but it's like you. Sh- it would be nice to take that quote and pass it around once in a while, especially when you are creating both drama and comedy. It's like if you're doing a period piece and those were the words that people use mm-hmm. freely, then you can't judge the period piece by a, a modern morality. And it's like. These are not bad people. That was the word. But uh, he uh, he was he was great with that. Uh, I, I I do find it amazing, and I, I've noticed this uh, the last couple of years. I think, especially during the election cycle and post-election cycle, and I see him all the time on Facebook. A quote. Yes. People will get a picture of him, and it might be classic long hair or. More cranky old, cranky old, cranky old man George. The last couple of years, yeah, the cranky old man George. Uh, I, I would probably see a little bit more of him, yeah. but when he, you know, a direct quote, a commentary, and it is amazing. You could take whatever is breaking in the news today, and somebody will find the perfect George Carlin quote to be almost a rebuttal for what whatever is happening and yeah i mean you know how people do the graphics you get that one shot of him maybe screaming into a microphone or speaking or being more philosophical and then they have the direct quote and his name attributed to it and it works so well i mean that is a a, a true sign that uh the things he said were were rather timeless and are, are, are still applicable he did the news before Saturday Night Live had mm-hmm. Weekend Update. Laffin would do the news as well, but George Carlin was actually doing it probably around the same time Laffin got started. And since you brought it up, George Carlin was the original was host, host of SNL. SNL. Yeah. SNL. Very first. Very first host of SNL, yeah. Def- I mean, obviously Weekend Update is greatly influenced by the uh, all the National Lampoon guys and uh, the Harvard Lampoon and uh, the the live show that they did. But you know, George Carlin, I think from a broad level, he was doing that. And everyone remembers Hal Sleet, 
uh, the hippie dippy weatherman. Yeah. yeah, tonight's forecast is dark. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he did a whole news show, and a lot of times it was very poignant, and a lot of it was playing with the words, yeah, especially during the Vietnam era. All the new words that we were using, you know, to say that we're bombing our enemy. Yeah, it's you know. Uh, and uh, he did, I, I, and I hope it's on YouTube somewhere, when he was a guest uh, on the Flip Wilson show, uh, the two of them did, uh, I think it was a Christmas episode, they, they did like co-anchors, kind of like a Huntley Brinkley, mm-hmm. and they had it covered. And uh, he always had the same closing line. He, he just uh, paraphrased uh, Edward R. Murrow. You know, he would end his, you know, his news broadcast, good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, you know, wonderful the way he did that. And, um, yeah, it, it is hard to believe it's, it's been uh, five years. I'm just kind of glancing over, you know, all the different comedy albums that he put together. And I think he had a dozen HBO specials where you, I mean, it's it's a box set that rivals, you know, the Sopranos box set of every HBO special that he did. I think he was, uh, you know, early on when uh, those were called On Location and he had a lot of those early stand-ups. So you do see, you know, again, you know, hippie, long hair, George. You see this just evolution of him and what he's talking about at the time. We touched on how language was one of his common themes. Death was one of his common themes. I mean, yes. he would, he and he would, not in a morbid way, but he would, in, in the chuckles, the clown sense the word, where we laugh at death because it scares us. I mean, I don't think it scared him, but it's like he would he would touch on it because it was... Because it was something that would make us uncomfortable, it would make us laugh. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. So, and one of my favorite routines of his was two-minute warning. Yes. Yes. Where he says it would because death sometimes catches us by surprise. It wouldn't it be great if some if there were like a two-minute warning, and the voice from the beyond would say, two minutes, get your stuff together." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did, and I'm I'm glad the Emmys did this in the memoriam uh, when he died. He actually opened and closed the memoriam. They did something that was the classic George Carlin. And after they had everyone, they went back to George Carlin. And it was cranky old guy, George Carlin. And he was just talking about how he hates it that, you know, in a eulogy. Yeah, and I'm sure he's looking down on us right now. And then he kind of mocked somebody waving from above, you know, which was the perfect ending for the memoriams. So you could end the memoriam segment on a laugh. You know, open with a laugh and close with a laugh and have everybody else sandwiched in between. But, you know, the fact that they, you know, they have material on him. He also uh, had uh, material on his uh, one of he, he loved his dogs and his dogs were present uh, because he, he, he had, unfortunately he got the Mark Twain Award posthumously. Mm-hmm. He knew he was going to get it, but he did not live to receive it. And his dogs were, you know, on stage, <laughs> which I thought. But he did have a, a whole routine, one of his. Uh, uh, later albums, he talked about one of his dogs that he loved and how his dog pretty much uh, committed suicide. And, uh, to, you know, Tippy wanted to leave on her own terms because the dog decided at one point, I'm going to walk out into the street in front of a car. You know, didn't run out chasing a ball, just decided I'm done. And, and he just talked about how he admired the fact that they would go out there. But he also talked about, you know, when my time comes, hook me up to the machines. I want to live. I, you know. But uh, he, he was great there. Childoftelevision.blogspot.com. Childoftelevision.blogspot.com. Also, StorySalon.com. www.storysalon.com. Donna's new book. Actually, Donna, Donna's four-part novel series is now complete. Yes, it is. Uh, the last book, Fall Again Reunion, was published a few months ago. You'll see where the story finally ends. 
And to find out uh, where the sto- how the story begins and end, go to fallagainseries.com. Tony and Donna, we'll see you both next time. Next, next time. time. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. If you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing. Good Arthur. Connie Stevens. Don Wells. Eric Braden. Tony Camille. Jansen Williams. Don Most. Troy Finnis. Peter Marshall. Sherry Alberoni. George Slaughter. Dan Castellaneta. Taylor Hicks. Lindsay Wagner. Loretta Swift. And many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential. Every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker just by saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling the TV Confidential Alexa skill is easy. To find out how to do it, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash Alexa. Be part of our conversation. If you have thoughts on what you've heard tonight, whether you agree or disagree, we want to hear from you. Send us an email, talk at tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net and we'll work your comments into our next program. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars and they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-649-0142 800-649-0142 That's 800-649-0142 Got a product or service that you want our listeners to know about? Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash advertise or visit the TV Confidential page at advertisecast.com Hi, this is Jacqueline Smith you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts with a reminder that the Hollywood Museum is located at 1660 Highland Avenue at Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles. Among the current exhibits on display this summer at the Hollywood Museum is Remembering Lucy. Remembering Lucy includes props, costumes, posters, and other items from Lucille Ball's film, radio, and television career, plus other personal items. The $6 Million Man Bionic Woman exhibit, which features props, collectibles, and other memorabilia from both Bionic series, plus lifelike figures of Lee Majors and Lindsay Wagner. The new Catwoman exhibit, which features lifelike figures of all six actresses who have played the Catwoman on TV or in the movies, plus the annual Real to Real exhibit. Real to Real portrayals and perceptions of LGBTQ in Hollywood, which celebrates the LGBTQ community's contributions to the entertainment industry over the past century. For more information, call 323-464-7776 or go to thehollywoodmuseum.com, facebook.com forward slash thehollywoodmuseum. That'll do it for our program this week, folks. Ed Roberts, on behalf of Tony Figueroa, Dada Allen, Phil Grace, Greg Airbarn, and producer Chris Corman, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time on TV 
confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.